Welcome to ATRA, Voices from the Field. This sustainable agriculture podcast is presented by the National Center for Appropriate Technologies, ATRA, Sustainable Agriculture Program, with support from the USDA Rural Business Cooperative Service. Hi, I'm Heather Lingle with NCAT. Thank you for joining us. Today's episode is about hydroponic systems NCAT has used at its small-scale intensive farm training program, or SIFT farm. Liliana Bento, Energy Corps intern at NCAT, interviews Andrew Coggins, director of NCAT's Rocky Mountain West Regional Office in Butte, Montana, about innovations and simplifications made to their hydroponic system since 2016. Let's listen. Good morning. My name is Liliana Bento, and I'm the Energy Corps intern here at NCAT in Butte, working on the SIF farm for the summer. Today, I'll be talking with Andrew Coggins, the regional manager for Rocky Mountain West at NCAT, about the hydroponics trials that have been running here for some time. Good morning, Andrew. Morning, Liliana. So how and when did the SIF farm start getting involved in hydroponic systems? Oh, way back in 2016, when I arrived at NCAT, um, there was a system already under construction in one of the greenhouses. What type of system is this? Well, the official name for it was a a nutrient film system, but I prefer to call it uh, a continuous flow system, really because the water and nutrients flow down uh, the trays from the top to the bottom and then pump back up to the top from a reception tank underneath the system. Is this system still there? Uh, no, is <laughs> the short answer to that question. Uh, we, we were starting to run into problems uh, with constructing the trays, the pipework, the fittings and the costs with it too. So we took the decision to dismantle it and replace it with a simpler system. How did you make the system simpler? Well, for a start, we recycled a lot of timber from the previous construction and we built a simple A-frame from this. Um, The homemade channels were substituted for three-inch wide, ten-foot drainage pipes from a local hardware store with the retaining clips, which then fitted neatly onto the A-frame we'd built. There were six pipes um, in total, with 14 holes drilled out in in each pipe, and therefore that comes to 84 plants in total. So it's quite a big system. And we used, again, readily available hoses to connect each uh, pipe back into a collection tank. So it was a continuous flow system still, um, but each pipe was in its own self-contained system. I can visualize how this would be a simpler system to build, but would it have been better to connect all the pipes together and have one discharge point into a tank and one pump to pump the nutrients back to the top, like the previous system? Um, yes, it would have been. It would certainly have been simpler in many ways. Um, but we'd learned from the old system, and we were concerned about the nutrients and water being too diluted by the time they reached the last pipe in the system, as they travelled down from the top to the bottom. And actually, when we started running the system, we would definitely have run into problems doing it the original way. So, was the new system cheaper? Uh, yes, it was in the end. Um, it was about $960 to build in total. And as we would find out later, we can build a cheaper system still. Um, but the system it replaced had already cost um, over $1,000. And a conservative estimate would easily have been twelve dollars to $1,400 to complete, I think, anyway. 
When did the system start running? Okay, so late 2016 um, to about midway through 2017. And we used the organic nutrients already bought for the previous system. So we used basil starts, basil starts I should say, <laughs> through the summer. Um, but we unfortunately ran into many problems using these nutrients, which often separated out from the water and settled at the base of the pipes. So that altered the desired parts per million concentration in the water. And also maintaining the water pH level was another problem, among other problems too. And John Wallace, the farm manager, details these problems and others that we faced in the SIF blog that he posted in 2017. These sound like severe challenges. Yeah, they were very much so, yes. But luckily one of our SIF interns in 2017, Wesley Lund, uh, was working on a solution which was to solve most of these issues. What was that? Compost tea, in short. Um, to make compost tea, you literally strain water through several buckets filled with compost to extract the nutrients from it, as you would do with a tea bag. You then aerate the liquid with an air pump and air stone and add it to the water in the hydroponic system. Again, Wesley de details this in a blog he posted in 2017, and he spent the remainder of that season um, successfully growing plants in various stages in the compost tea solution uh, without most of the previous problems we'd run across. It sounds like you've solved all the problems. Well, we solved most of them, to be honest, uh, but we have one more theory to test now. What is that? Well, because of time commitments and external building work, um, the hydroponic system in a greenhouse was actually parked and not used in 2018. But during that period, I spent some time growing on plants in a plastic container in, in the office, in a solution of compost, tea and water, aerating it with a small air pump and air stone. And that was quite successful. And I knew what we needed to do with the larger system in the greenhouse now. And that was detailed in a blog in 2019. So what do you need to do? Um, simplify the system further was the prime aim of what we needed to do. So we got rid of the tanks and the pumps uh, that pumped the solution of compost tea around the system and literally just sealed off each pipe. So nothing flows in or out of each pipe now and compost tea is just added to the water solution every two and three weeks or between every two and three weeks. Um, the additional item is a very small air pump now which oxygenates the water through an air stone for six hours a day and we just have it on a timer. We successfully grew some basil plants all summer in 2019 using this method to the point where they flowered and then produced seed so it was really an experiment just to see how far we could go with things. We never cleaned the system out once uh, last year and the root systems were all still in pretty good shape when we finally pulled the plug on the trial in early October. I think it was early October anyway. Which brings us to the present, 2020. Have there been any more changes this year? Um, yes, there have. There's been quite a few. Um, now that we've proved the system works, we have dismantled the uh, large A-frame based system and built a much smaller compact unit that will hold 36 plants. So each tube is still self-contained as it was before and still aerated with a small air pump on a timer for six hours a day. Um, but the unit is much more compact, six feet long, 
four feet tall and three feet wide and probably no more than $90 to build and now we have to, uh, tomato plants currently in there which are flowering and starting to produce fruit and this brings us to the last major change and this is okay well this is up to this point um, we've been testing mostly um, lettuce and basil in the system and these are hard to uh, bricks test with a refractometer what is a bricks test okay well the bricks test as I say uses a refractometer uh, to measure the, sh the sugar content of juice from the plant which has been smeared onto a, sl a slide and the higher the reading the more sugar and therefore the more nutrient dense the fruit is likely to be and this is known as a BRICS score and it's very important as plants grown hydroponically are assumed to have a, a lower nutrient density than their soil based counterparts so in other words soil grown fruit and vegetables are claimed to be better for you um, because they're more nutrient dense but now we have tomatoes in the system we can test this theory properly um, and one of the things we couldn't do in the past is obviously test um, basil and lettuce very well simply because it's so hard to extract juice from those two plants to actually get the sugar content and get the nutrient density from them and fruits the ideal um, and I think that nutrient density of food will be one of the key issues um, in the future relating to health and nutrition I'm almost certain actually well, thank you for answering these questions, and it seems that there are exciting times ahead. No problem, Liliana. Uh, we have certainly more plans for the uh, um, area going forward, but that's uh, another podcast or something similar for another day. So thank you very much. Thank you for listening to ATRA, Voices from the Field. Please share this podcast if you can, and take a moment to leave a comment. This really helps us get the word out about our sustainable agriculture programs. And check out all of our resources at the ATRA website, www.atra.ncat.org. The links are in the notes that accompany this podcast. We'll catch you next week, and until then, keep on farming. <laughs>